Hello, my name is Francis Pinder, and you are watching or listening to the Salesforce Posse podcast. Now, I did catch up with somebody who grabbed me that I was chatting to, and he didn't realize he could actually watch this podcast from Spotify. So if you are listening to this on Spotify, bring up your phone or your computer, and you'll be able to see me in Technicolor. So the Salesforce Posse podcast is where I speak with Salesforce industry influencers so that we can gain a better understanding of how to excel in a career path from a Salesforce admin or developer to an architect. And a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to speak to Dev at DevOps Dreaming, an event dedicated to learning more about Salesforce DevOps so that we can deliver Salesforce changes more efficiently into production, monitor and learn from those changes so we can improve the experience of our users and teams implementing on Salesforce. So I did a talk on my Salesforce DevOps journey, but I managed to grab some time with Jack McCurdy, who is from Gearset, who is sponsoring the Salesforce Dreaming event. So if you're interested in learning more about Salesforce DevOps, or even have no idea what I'm talking about when I say DevOps, then I think you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation with Jack McCurdy. So without further ado, let's go. So I am here with Jack McCurdy. Oh, I forgot it already. McCurdy. McCurdy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here at DevOps Dreaming in London, learning all about um, Salesforce DevOps, uh, a maturing model of how you can kind of be more efficient at the way you do stuff in Salesforce. And you are the DevOps guru. <laughs> That's what we I'm had told. A we, we, we had a conversation earlier about uh, gurus. And Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We did a, a panel. Was it the panel discussion? I think it was. It was yeah. part of the panel. Yeah. Yeah, we did a panel discussion, which was at, was really great, actually, on, on burnout in yeah. in in the tech. And I actually said, yeah, there are no Salesforce gurus. No, nope. it does not exist. The platform is just too big, uh, and you don't want that pressure. You don't. <laughs> I certainly, I certainly don't. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, it was a really good session. And so, how's it been so far, actually, at DevOps? Yeah, the the the, com the conference has been uh, been amazing. Um, at Gearset, like we're really proud and privileged to be members of this community. So mm -hmm. it's great to be able to to put this on and do that for yeah. them. Um, and you know, we take great inspiration from things like London's Calling and all the other community conferences that we get to go to around mm. uh, states and in Europe and um, to see to see that come out um, here as well and have it be so well attended in London is, is really nice to see and um, speakers have all been amazing so far we're only yeah. halfway through <laughs> yeah. um, but everybody's um, had well attended sessions really engaged yeah. and I think it's prompted some good conversation from what I've heard yeah no it's been quite interesting because like, even like I think you can kind of get you always get kind of stuck in the tech a bit, I think, uh, and just kind of stepping back and kind of going, well, actually, you know, there's other stuff. There's the kind of the mental well-being piece of DevOps around, well, actually, I want to get this stuff into production quicker for my own well-being of seeing I've succeeded in stuff uh, and things like that, which I kind of didn't even really think of, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the, that's one of the big, DevOps can play such a big part in, in that you know mental well-being as well as 
you know, we, we, we've all been there late nights because of a change set or yeah. failed, f f failed deployments or, and, you know, wrestling until 1, 2, 3 a.m. isn't an uncommon story that we've heard. Absolutely. Um, so um, finding a way to address that and, you know, help people go back to their families or be able to do their hobbies in the evening yeah. or what have you um, plays into that too, as, as, as well as that. Um, as well as that gratification when you see the uh, deployment succeeded, <laughs> the deployment succeeded button and the, the, the fish completes. <laughs> yeah. Oh so. yeah. So okay. So if you are, if somebody's coming in this completely new and has no idea what we're talking about when we talk about DevOps, what would you say DevOps is? So DevOps, when you distill it all down to to, to the basics, is really. Really, to really succinctly, it's the the better way of delivering software mm -hmm. is ultimately what it comes down to. Um, a set of practices and principles that allow for efficient, streamlined delivery. Um, and the word itself is a combination of software development and IT operations. Mm -hmm. So it's taking the pra best practices from both of those things and combining it to uh, have a software delivery team or a Salesforce delivery team. Um, that's really firing on all cylinders and can focus on doing the impactful work, mm. um, the building of the features and the user stories or implementation. Trying to repackage for the 40th time. Exactly. Trying to force that thing into production. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's it's all about speedy, speeding that process up, but doing it in a safe and safe and controlled way. Mm. Um, you know, things break. <laughs> uh, even in a even in a great DevOps process, things still break. Yeah. Um, that still happens, but uh, a great DevOps process will help you identify those things sooner and hopefully be easier to resolve um, mm. if it's being done right. So um, that's it in in its simplest <laughs> form, I guess. Cool. Yeah. So okay. So what are the kind of common things that you see people, you, you know, common problems they're trying to fix using DevOps? So a lot of a lot of what it comes down to is is the the pain of the pain that people experience when they have a lot of manual steps mm. um, there's a large there's there's a large percentage of teams that we see have issues when it comes down to things that either have to be you know recreated manually and mm. in other environments you know you you see to do something in the sandbox and then so many times you hear let's recreate it in production manually again and you know it's like a vicious circuit yeah i've been at it's like you, you, the deployment failed and you know this bit is hard so they will oh, we'll do it manually next time and so then your manual worksheet and steps goes and gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you're always scared of, of doing that you know anything other than manual exactly yeah exactly um so so either manual steps which um which are, are are tedious, you know. Mm. Uh, even if you're not manually recreating things in production, you're then creating a change set or creating a package, which then needs to be redeployed to other places. Um, you have um, you have folks that are looking to to not have. Speaking of lists, actually, if mm. you, you think about all the metadata changes that you make when you're building something, mm. how easy is it to forget one of those things? And yeah. you know, by by implementing a process, tooling, or what have you. Um, it's about finding ways that you can make that process simpler and yeah. easier and less prone to um, and prone to, to errors that, yeah. that, that don't really need to be, to yeah, be there, I think really. That's like, I did a talk earlier on, and it's like one of those classic problems is that, you know, developers pull out 
their profile metadata, but not all the fields. And then you miss the field uh, field level security in the profile. You yeah. push the profiles back. Now you've overwritten it in your source code control. That's right. But then you try and deploy it, and the deployment's fine. Yeah. It just doesn't include it. You know? Yeah. But it's actually, you know, you've got usability issues because users can't access those fields anymore. For sure. So, yeah. uh, and then I, I think I think if you if you think about those those things and what we're actually talking about is actually saving people a load of time yeah. and effort is ultimately what it comes down to is the biggest number one reason people people come to us and say, uh, we need to do something about this is because it's taking yeah. eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours for you know one production deployment. Yeah. Um, and they might be doing that once a week or two weeks or if they've yeah. had a long, long running project, then you know we're talking days worth of deployment yeah. times, uh, literally days worth. Um, so that's that's really what it yeah. comes down to. I think to. it's actually, we were just talking actually before the podcast, it's like, do I do edit my own podcast now? And I was like, <laughs> I used to and I don't anymore. <laughs> and it was a bit of that. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, well, <clears throat> it's not what I'm good at. I'm good at the, you know, in Salesforce world, doing the configuration, doing the coding, doing the building, not packaging and trying to get it into the next environment. You know, give that to some other tool or practice or way of working that makes everything more efficient and also it's more enjoyable because you're doing the stuff you love rather than trying to hack around with change sets or whatever it is. And, that, and that's it. We, we, we were chatting a little, little bit earlier on um, about that enjoyment and that fulfillment. Yeah. It's not just a tick of the green light. It's just if I'm not doing that, then I am doing something. I'm, I'm learning something new, um, maybe on Trailhead or what have you. If I've mm. got to build a new feature that I've not done before, I can actually focus on that and not worry about business as usual stuff that gets in the way. Exactly. And a lot of the time, that, those things do get in the way. Um, and can either either hamper enjoyment of your job or your ability to mm. skill up and uh, excel at something or learn yeah. something new. Yeah, and I think it's also we kind of talked about um, in some of the other sessions was around like constraints in the process. And actually, you can have just one thing, one constraint in that DevOps process, which even if you optimize everything before or everything after, it's utterly pointless because everything's feeding through on the same track and it's all everything's going to hit by the same constraint and you're still going to be limited by this yeah. uh, and it's a kind of a way of kind of and that if that's a person an individual just you know the pressure on them to get that work seeing all this work building up not being able to do it or responsible just for doing that packaging and knowing it's a complete pain yeah you know is is you know the mindfulness and the whole mental <laughs> thing is just, yeah yeah insane <laughs> yeah 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 i think you I, I, th I think if you use like a real world example, I think an area that you see that most often, like as a bottleneck, is something maybe like QA or testing, yeah. especially if a, if a quality assurance team is separate to mm. separate to the Salesforce team. And that, this is this is one of those things that when we talk about best practice DevOps, is not necessarily about the tools and technology. You can have the best tools and technology in the world, um, but ultimately it comes down to people and how you manage yeah. manage people and and that process. So if we're thinking about for thinking about that, then you know your QA team, for example, don't sit outside the Salesforce. Bring those people that are responsible into the team, into the oh, communications, yeah. into the channels that they need to be in, so that the whole team can be successful and those bottlenecks don't happen. The silos aren't there, um, and that's that's actually probably the biggest challenge that we're we're looking to solve. You know, um, for anybody that's listening, that's slightly more well first in DevOps or even does some of it themselves, you know, there's tons of documentation or suggestions out there on 
version control branching strategies yeah. or um, do you have branching at all and is it trunk only yeah. versus branching versus yeah, yeah right that, you know yeah. so so all of that information is out there so <laughs> and still we see you know the the required cultural shift being neglected as might be a strong word but um yeah. not not as well considered or seen as less important yeah um showing the value of it and it, yeah exactly and, and get, i think we, we actually you talked about backup being one of those we did those yeah we did actually for me, actually, backup is a big can be a big cost saver as well, and so I've kind of used backups as well as a way of removing full sandboxes, because I've got an environment that can could go into a partial uh, backup, but um, obviously the limitations with that is there's only like ten thousand records per object, so it's a bit of a pain in the ass yeah. <laughs> to yeah. use, but. The backup can restore to the maximum size of the, of the partial partial sandbox. That's right. So actually, I could get rid of one of my full sandboxes, make a saving on that, get a backup which costs less than that full backup full, full sandbox, and then seed the partial sandbox yeah. with the backup data. So you're testing the backup by seeding it in the first place by being able to restore to it and saving money on a full back full sandbox as well so for sure uh, if we if we come back to one of the one of the things that we've talked about is you know people's mental health i guess just having backup gives you that you know yeah. aside from aside from what it'll do for you you know you know your time to recover is time to recover is one of the one of the dora metrics so right yeah. so something does go wrong how fast can you do that um and that absolutely is and we see it as part of your devops process because that's the team that's going to be responsible for fixing it when it, if, it, if it hits the fan. So, um, so it's, and it so, all looks bad on you and that team, and they are, you know, even if it exactly. Is. So we, we we've actually started to see a little bit more of a shift. Or when we're speaking to um, when we're speaking to Salesforce teams, they're pulling backup out of IT ops or um, another team in in the business and handing that responsibility to the Salesforce team, um, which. Which is great because, um, like the, those, those that Salesforce team needs to know what's going on, and they need to know how to how to fix it, and they they can't yeah. just be given. And I think given also an Excel it, it does give you abilities in other ways. So, like one of the projects I'm working on at the moment's got a lot of record-based config, um, and actually just creating new sandboxes is just a pain because you're essentially doing data migrations right. to move config through. Uh, and also just creating a new sandbox is just a bit of a hassle. Yeah. Um, so actually, the backup's great for that. It's just, ah, oh, I'm just going to restore all those tables. For sure. And voila, job done. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and you make it sound like a click of a button. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> but essentially, yeah, it, 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 it does kind of help you for certain things like that as well, which I found quite, quite useful. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it's, such, it's such an interesting space, and I think, I think that, that shift and that understanding is, is, is definitely getting there. Um, I think it's interesting when we're talking about backup, most people, uh, or, or there's a lot of people that would be like, I use version control, I have a backup. And yeah, yeah you do, but it's a mess data, yeah, kind of. The... And you might not even have it all in there, which is also often the case. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. So. laughs> Absolutely. Go back to that um, profiles. And yeah, the, exactly. The exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. It's, it's like, yeah. It's a big topic. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a huge topic. And I think it's also, it's quite hard. I always find it, it's quite a hard sell initially, unless you've got the metrics and stuff to back it up to go, hey, look, 
this is taking this amount of time. It could be taking this if we just did, you know. So if somebody's going into the world, how do you see as a kind of like the progression, I suppose, through DevOps? Yeah, so so just to touch on metrics again, oh, yeah, I think yeah. um, that's one of, the, that's one of the, the things that when we're, when we're speaking to Salesforce teams and, you know, how do you currently measure measure your success? Either they don't or they go, how stressed I am on a Friday, right? <laughs> you know, those are, those, are, those, are, those are kind of the options. Um, and I think that, that can be a real hindrance to them going to leadership, for example, and saying, hey, I want to buy this tool or I want to do this, that or the other, and it's probably going to take X amount of effort. Um, mm. And they go, what's the return going to be? And they go, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so it's uh, metrics is something um, really important important to consider. Um, I think we see a lot more teams using the, the Dora metrics now, mm. um, which which is great. So, they, so looking at those things is absolutely a way that you can see your maturity rising. So, mm. um, there's kind of two two schools of thought on maturity. You can see that as the amount of the amount of tooling or the amount or, or the different types of things that you're doing within your process, um, how much is automated or mm. not automated as the case may be. Um, but if you, if you look at, if you look at a, a process, you can still have a manual process and maybe using a tool like Gearset or, you know, one of the other DevOps platforms out there is we could automate it for you, but you're still, saving time by even still doing it manually, you know, so your maturity is rising, you know, is the level of effort to automate things going to be worth it? If you're, you know, what's, what's the, if there's a bit of a balance, a balance, yeah. right? So it kind of almost comes out to that constraints thing of actually you could do it, but if you've got another place that's got a bigger constraint, then how's it going to help you? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the improvements that a lot of folks see um, when they first start down this road is once they start thinking about their deployments in the first place and getting the deployments bit right, mm. that that time to value kind of comes down significantly yeah. um, from that one piece. Yeah, and then it's definitely. just then it's just about the, I think they then find out, oh, what if we, it'd be really good if we could do this yeah. or, <laughs> or that. And that's when they will start to head down that path. And I think a lot of, one of the pitfalls and common pitfalls that uh, teams or managers can get sucked into is looking at utopia, um, mm. looking at fully fully automated processes, and go, "I want that," um, <laughs> and go, have that as like the end goal rather yeah. than um, you, you know appreciating that journey that you're going on because um, you know it's like, like cliche life is a, life is a, life is a journey, not a destination kind of yeah, thing, yeah. and they, you know the same thing can apply in this space. Um, but I think that's the same for even if you look at it as, you know, the Salesforce maturity and stuff like that, you can see this whole utopian goal of chatbots and all this other <laughs> stuff. But actually, at the end of it, it is a progress. You know, you're, you are going on this journey and you'll find value in different things as you're going through. And, and your worldview almost changes as you're doing it, you know, as you're learning more. For sure. I think DevOps is one of those things that it's not it's not you do this and that's the way you do it. It mm. evolves and it changes. We do this right now. But always be looking ahead to say, what's our what's our next thing? Is the way that we're doing things now the right way? Um, you know, always having kind of a bit of like a like a BA mindset, I guess, about it. You know, is 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 things fit for purpose? Is this requirement what 
what we the need benefit to do, we're getting you know, or not. What's a, always be thinking about, you know, what the next what the next thing is for you and you as a team. Mm. And that 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 in your DevOps process might mean as we talk about version control, switching to a different Git branching model. Mm. You know? Um yes, things that you you have a DevOps process set up and it's good. Let's assess but what we need in the involve, future. Like, you know, I'm in a, a working with a company now that they're getting a whole new team set up to support Service Cloud, for example. Right. And it's like, that could totally change the branching strategy of what you're going to go with. So. It, it could. And I th- mentioning, mentioning new teams, I think, um, I think that there's almost this, this notion that a couple of people are responsible for for DevOps, you know, mm. they look after the deployments or the tooling, yeah. and uh, and that's kind of it. That's that's their job. Yeah. But introducing a new team and all members of your team, you know, it's getting everybody bought into that and understanding mm. the part that they play and putting actually putting responsibility in their hands to get their changes to the place that it needs to be for either the process to kick off or be yeah. responsible for that throughout the delivery delivery process will. It's, you know, it's not just chuck and work yeah. over the wall. I, I think. like, yeah. And it's, it's that kind of understanding the, pro- and I, one of the things I presented like earlier on was the whole, the mindset shift of what it is and people thinking, oh my God, you're automating everything. Oh, I'm out of a job, but it's really not. It, yeah. It's a, a changing in the way you work, but then it's more interesting. You're not just doing the same thing again and again. You're actually working on the process and, uh, and building it out and, and improving it and streamlining it. And there's a great book that I love <laughs> called the Phoenix Project, um, which is you mentioned it earlier. I did, yeah, I know. It's brilliant. It's basically a storybook, essentially. Have you read it? I haven't read it. No, okay. I am inspired though. Yeah, no, it is, it is a cool book, and it is basically uh, a storybook on a company that is literally on its knees. I think. I think literally the first couple of the slides saying their share prices crashed and the CEOs left, or where all this kind of stuff going on. Uh, and the first hundred pages is just problem after problem, and then it kind of shifts, uh, and they start adopting agile and DevOps practices uh, to really change the business around. And what I love about the book is you can spot the characters. The characters in the book, you say, oh, yeah, that's Jeff from work. Or, oh, yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> and you can just see them uh, everywhere. And uh, it is really fabulous. And because it's a storybook, it's very accessible to people. Yeah. So when I'm starting a new kind of DevOps journey or I start working at a new company and not, they're, using, they're using Agile in a fragile way or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is the book I get out and give to people um, because you know, it is, it's very accessible and it just gives you an idea of the whole picture, I suppose. Sure. Uh, but yeah. Um, the the interesting thing about that mindset shift is that, that I mentioned I mentioned this in my talk earlier is those mindset shifts and those cultural changes or roles like role changes mm. are can can be a little fractious to begin with. Yeah. And I think there's there's a lot of notion these days that you know we shouldn't be like and we we want to please like our staff. You know the we, we were speaking speaking about it earlier. Like the, the, we're speaking about it earlier. You know the the the, the talent is still still scarce. It's in, yeah. it's in high demand, and there's there's that. Oh, we don't we don't want to change things because you know they they they're, okay. they're bad, but it works. So maybe, <laughs> you know uh, they haven't left yet, yeah, so it we, must be okay. Exactly right, and um, we don't want to upset the. We apple don't want to uh, yeah. We don't want to spoil the apple cart and. You know, I think that's, that's again mentioned it earlier, where it comes down to communication and say, look, we understand that mm. this might be 
might be changes that you weren't expecting or um, might not wholly agree with, but want to buy into this vision that this is about all of us, that it, this is about giving, giving mm. you your time back. It's about giving you some, Focusing some on happiness at work. For you. You know? yeah. um, and I think having that as an organization, if you have that level of maturity to look at yourselves like that mm. and make a change and say, yeah, we know this, is, this could cause issues in the short term, but the long-term benefits are worth it. I think um, that's a real way that you can set yourself up for success mm. at the start of the process. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. If an employee leaves, then they might not be right for the new world. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah, no, thanks so much. Um, very it's welcome. been really fascinating. And yeah, I've learned a lot at DevOps. It's been quite good. Because uh, yeah. um, I only really, from an architectural point of view, you're kind of like, looking at it at this kind of high level. Yeah. Uh, and actually, yeah, it's been quite interesting just knowing, yeah, even just, I've never even thought of the kind of, the impact it has on people's productivity and happiness side of things. I've always thought of it's just, it's a tooling problem that solves it. It's a, you know, this, so it's, it's been quite fascinating wow. for me as well. So. Well, I'm glad I could help. And yeah. uh, thank you for coming and, uh, yeah. and inviting me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for watching or listening to the Salesforce Posse podcast. Now, please, 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 if you like or what you see or hear, then please rate this podcast in your podcast player as it tells me that there are people out there that actually are listening to this and that it's useful to them. Also, it helps the podcast algorithms to kind of elevate the podcast in the different podcast directories, which will be really helpful for me as well. And finally, if you do have a question that you want to ask on the podcast, then head to salesforceposse.com slash message and maybe you'll appear in the next podcast. But apart from that, thanks for listening and until next time, ta-ta!